Hello and welcome to the making of Playing with Songs, episode number five. So after last week of kind of taking it easy and being a little bit better to myself, I thought, well, that's good. That's been a nice experiment as well. But I did like the increased productivity that I found using these Pomodoros, which is simply put a 25 minute focus chunk with a five little minute break and then another 25 minutes and you maybe do four of these and then maybe have a longer break of half an hour and then carry on. I'd been doing about four of these and then an hour's like lunch break and then doing another four but you could probably fit in about 12 of these 25 minute chunks of work and the reason they're useful is because you can practice being very focused for that period of time and then you can have five minutes away and sort of refuel and so you don't become overloaded and just gives you a bit more stamina allows you to get more done um, so since going through that I decided to have that break and be a bit better to myself and then come back to the Pomodoros and what I found out is the guy who came up with this whose name I can't currently remember but I'm going to put a link to his uh, guide of how to use this Pomodoro method in the show notes, um, explained a few more details that made the whole method a bit more interesting and a bit more useful, which was to write down, for example, the Pomodoros you're doing uh, and where they're going to work and what you're going to do and get to a point like over time where you can sort of estimate how long you think something might take and then see how long it actually takes and then eventually get a really good judge of yourself so you can say oh I think it's going to take this long but it actually took this long and then you can keep sort of referencing back at different times to make yourself more and more um, productive and I, I think the next step you could apply to that because of all the learning how to learn things that I've learned from Jim Quick's book Limitless is to think oh this took X number of pomodoros uh I wonder if I can make it not just maybe necessarily estimate more Pomodoros to do the work, but to perhaps find other approaches to learn the stuff faster and produce results a bit faster. But before all that, there was another approach I took to Pomodoros, different to the last time, that suddenly made it easier. Now, in this guide, it says, oh, you should use a, a Pomodoro timer, like, you know, like in the shape of a tomato or shape of anything, just an oven timer that's clockwork. I didn't know that at the time. When I was doing it originally, I was using a timer just on my phone and setting it for 25 minutes and then setting a five minute break, which was fine. But to be honest, that was kind of stressing me out. Keep checking it and looking at the countdown timer. It says in the guide, oh, you should always see it visible. We see the time counting down. Personally, that stressed me out quite a bit. I found a, an app only costs £1.99 on the app store. I think it's on Android as well called Focus Keeper. I think it's what it's called. And that will automatically, it will just ding at the start and you start it and it gets to the end of 25 minutes and it dings. And then you have your five minute break and it dings again. And I preferred that because personally, I find looking at a timer that's ticking down just stresses me out um, but I can see the purpose of it I think the point was with the guide was to say oh you can see that time and then not just use the 25 minutes for focus time but say focus and then for the last five minutes of that Pomodoro of that focus time to then summarize what you've done and what I had been doing when I first found the app was using part of that five minute break to sort of summarize what I've done so I've kind of been following it and not following it it's you know it's a progress you know practice makes progress really 
Um, one of the other things they brought up in the Pomodoro Guide, which I thought was interesting and kind of ties in uh, the approach that I had the other week, which was just really being easy on myself, was it said that when these thoughts pump into your head, like these internal distractions where you think, oh, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do that, to write them down and then you add them to this additional list. So you'll have your main list of what you're doing and how many little chunks of 25 minutes you think it's going to take. And then if other things pop into your head, you can write them down on an extra list. I think they call it like extra or emergency or whatever, or urgent, la la la, whatever it is. But the point is you've got that written down. So then it takes it away from what you're currently focusing on and allows you to keep focusing on what you're focusing on. And I actually had accidentally, actually, accidentally, actually, accidentally done that already before I found the guide. So uh, now I've got more of a formal way to make it work. So instead of it being a perfect little list, mine is just random things. <laughs> and then I wrote down my notepad and I've gone back through and marked with a highlighter pen that I hadn't used as much. I hadn't used the pink one yet. It was the only colour I had left. So I've gone back over and marked things that I may need to look at uh, again with the pink marker. So the plan would be then to then have these pomodoros and chunks set by in your daytime to say, oh, OK, now I can look at all these things and try and bunch together, you know, what tasks can I accomplish in those 25 minutes? And if you've got something that's going to take 10 minutes, something that's going to take another 10 minutes, then you can put them together. So that's kind of where I've got to with the whole Pomodoro section. Uh, but it has been useful. I was able to use it to get through every one of the songs I need to learn for this contract that I'm doing this summer, which has been a really big undertaking of learning simply because it's playing songs on the guitar and I don't know a huge amount about all the ins and outs of guitar techniques. So rather than just learning lyrics and harmonies and that, it's been learning how to play the guitar as well. But, but one thing I'll say is... Even if I'm not yet using these Pomodoros in the perfect way that the creator of them said to, I'm already achieving a huge benefit. So I would recommend them to anyone and everybody, anything you're trying to get done. You can get free Pomodoro apps as well, but the one I like was called Focus Keeper because it was really basic. I turned the ticking off because that distracts me, but maybe some people like it. So you just get ding, start working, I'm working, ding, or stop working, put my head out the window, lie down, take a few deep breaths, and then carry on. And that does the the job. It does the job very much and I would say it's lovely and jubbly. Lovely jubbly in fact. So you might be wondering, did I get any closer to working on playing with songs, to working on what would be episode three of playing with songs produced, which would be on a song called Stay? Well yes, I kind of finally have. Because what I've found was that yes it's good to put things into little chunks to work on them but it wasn't really quite working and I was thinking oh can I notate everything and I think the thing is if you slow down things too much or you put the chunks too small you lose the overall meaning because one of the things that I learned from uh, some of the speed reading techniques that you can learn is I found that I'm, I'm still not great at speed reading but you get I get more of the context in even though I, I miss a lot of the points but I found that when you read faster, you pick up a lot more of the overall overarching story or the context of the points that are being made, which is nice. And I think it's the same thing when you listen to a whole song as opposed to when you just listen to one little chunk of it. So with that in mind, when I was going for a walk the other day, uh, I finally had that kind of revelation and I thought, you know, what, what's going on? How can I make this simpler? How can I just think of one thing? Can I just think of one emotional thing that's going back and forth? Uh, and I thought, what was the song about? Well, why did we write it? Uh, eventually, it came to me. 
that this song stay is relatively straightforward in the fact that it, it was simply me and my friend and I didn't want my friend to leave but unfortunately she had to and it's just me saying stay and she's saying goodbye and I'm I'm saying reasons to stay and she's saying oh I'm sorry I have to go and really that's all it is and the music does tie in with that because I do a verse and try to do it in a reggae style, which is really a, ma- a way of me saying, hey, like this new style, come on now, you've really got to stay. So then I made a, a different style for her verse, which was a jazzy one, saying, you know, your reggae's great, but this is a bit jazzy, and I'm sorry, I do still have to go. <laughs> and that's kind of just a trading back and forth, like a call and a response, which is something that happens all the time in music, you know, like um, Freddie Mercury does, doesn't he, in, in that famous, I think it was the Live Aid um, concert back in 85 was it where he goes and then the audience join in with him I, was it I don't know what he sings but that's such an integral part of music and that is the main thing of what's happening in that song I just not really noticed that before and I thought to really go to town with that theme what we can say is you know I'm saying please stay and I'm playing guitar um, she's saying no I'm sorry I have to go she plays piano so I thought well what about for the bits when she's singing, she can add in little piano twiddlies to sort of emphasise that she wants to go. And I, yeah, I've messaged my friend and said, you know, do you want to do that? And she's like, oh, I don't think I'm very good at piano. So I'm going to work out these bits on piano. I'm not very good at piano either, but I know enough to be able to sit down and pick things out note by note by note and slowly layer them up and then slowly learn like actually how to play what I've composed, which is the approach uh, that I did with the first two episodes of playing songs produced. I think that's the thing that's fun about it, and that's the element that I want to put forward in episode three, is is in episodes one and two, when you see them, you don't get to see uh, the fact that I'm struggling. It just looks like I've gone, here you go, there's this bit, and here's this bit. When in reality, I've spent a long time coming up with something which is beyond the limits of what I can play, and then I've spent the time learning how to actually play that piece in time. So obviously the difference this time in the Playing the Songs Produced show is that I'll go through each chunk and say, this is what I've figured out, this is what I'm doing, this is how I've learned how to play this in time, this is how I'm going to remember how to do it and lock it in and link it in uh, in, my, in my memory with these learning techniques to remember what we've done so we can take it forward into other songs and hopefully you can pick out some techniques and think, oh yeah, that's a different approach, maybe I could try that. So this is the good news of what we've come up with. And the other sort of conundrum that's finally sort of revealed itself is I talked, I think, the other episode about, you know, you could play ahead of the beat or behind the beat or on the beat, um, but you really need a beat, don't you? And I think the thing with playing on your own is, you know, where's the beat? You're just this one person playing on your own. So it made me think, well, how can I have the beat through the song, even though I'm playing each of these instruments on my own? And the answer is really is to create the drums first, isn't it? And play to the drums. So I've decided the best way to do this is going to be to go through the whole song and play the drums and really think about how the drums are and think about how they're going to fit into the other instruments, roughly speaking, Um, and then really just let the drums dictate the song Um, because I just think, to me, that makes the most logical sense because my timing on the guitar isn't incredible. You know, to play something really well in time, I have to practice quite a bit listening to the metronome very closely, so if I can almost create for myself a really good guide track, a really good groove track, as it were, to know where things are. And I've tried a lot of these um, 
drum presets that are built into Logic and GarageBand, but they never really come up with the drums that are in my mind. So I may even go through and kind of beatbox it and go and then go back and try and put in the actual drums I want there. So that'd be the plan. Um, and then sort of layer things up and sort of go in order, I would say, bring the drums in, bring some of the acoustic guitar in, the bass, uh, and sort of build things. I want to start things quite simple and then have little twiddlies. I just like the idea of the instruments working in uni not in unison with each other, in harmony with each other, as it were. So you can say, if I've got... We've got one uh, verse where we trade lines back and forth. I, I say, uh, can you think of a verse? Maybe I'll come up with one first, Sophie. And then Sophie says, you know, I struggle with words, but I like singing with you, Robbie. So if we can put in little twiddlies there on the guitar while I'm singing to sort of reinforce what I'm singing, whether that's following the melody of the notes that I'm singing and, and the same with Sophie, or even just a little bit at the end, uh, you know, I like singing with you, Rami. Just little things like that to say, I'm here playing the piano with you and I'm fitting into the gaps and I'm here too. I'm not just singing, I'm um, expressing through the guitar and the twiddlies. So I know it sounds a bit more abstract, but I think this is going to be the way to go because the other option was beginning to become a little bit too technical. That's the thing with music, I think it's a really fine line. It's got to be technical, it's got to be perfect, but it's also kind of got to come from a point of emotionality and storytelling, and they really have to kind of work together, I think. If you, if you, you need to have them both in place. So that's the new approach. I don't know if I've explained that that well, which is really that I've kind of got the call and response in my head. I'm going to limit it to drums, bass, electric guitar and piano only. I was thinking it would be nice to compose this in such a way where I can play it in one take on acoustic guitar. So if I deliberately keep the acoustic guitar simple, put the twiddlies on the electric guitar as an extra thing, and then the piano, keep the piano simple and just add in little twiddlies. <clears throat> so we've got a few options there. We could, could have a completely acoustic guitar, and I put the guitar on the while I'm playing acoustic and add little twiddies into the acoustic part. But if I do that, that's going to be more difficult to play and I might lose the rhythm. And we could do the same on the piano. So there are options, but I think I like the idea of it staying electric. So what we could say is we've got drums, bass, acoustic guitar, electric guitar and piano. And then if we wanted to create a stripped back version, we'd put some of the electric guitar melody twiddly bits into the acoustic guitar bit. And perhaps the piano would already be a more of an additive bit rather than a um, constant part through the song anyway and then you can have the more acoustic version of the song as an option as well so this is our plan going forward with what will be episode three of playing with songs produced which would be about the song called stay which i wrote with my friend sophie It might seem like I've got quite a lot done, but it's actually been rather a tricky week. It's kind of ironic in a way. I finally got round to going to a dentist to finally get my teeth fine, which it turns out they weren't too bad after all, but my gums are a bit sore, and I thought, right, now I'm cleaning them properly, I've done all this research. But then ironically, right at that time, I 
appear to have developed uh, candida or thrush, which apparently happens when your immune system gets a bit low, which is a shame because I thought I was eating quite well, but maybe not. So I think it's kind of a blessing in disguise because it's led me to do further research to find out about um, how big of an impact healthy bacteria has in your mouth and in your gut. I've started taking some probiotics and then in time I'm going to do further research in order to transition to a diet that promotes and creates more probiotics uh, and more good bacteria in the gut. And I also found out something recently on a, a rerun of that show, BBC show, The Truth About. They did a show, I think, back in 2017 called The Truth About Sleep, which was nice to watch because uh, it was pre-COVID and all these people walking around in masks, interviewers standing only a couple of feet away. <laughs> Happy days, eh? Um, and one of the things they talked about in that, and, and there wasn't a proper detailed study for it, I don't know if there's been one then since, but the presenter, who couldn't sleep, he was always waking up in the middle of the night, um, took a prebiotic, which is these fibres that the bacteria um, sort of grab a hold of, and then they turn that fibre into something else that your body needs. And I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but the upshot of it is you end up sleeping a lot more. He ended up sleeping 10% more and felt a lot better. And I found some tablets today that appear to have the probiotics, which is the bacteria, and the prebiotics, which is the fibre they need. But the other thing that was interesting to learn is there's all these different probiotic boxes. And you think, well, they're all the same. One says seven day, one says extra strength. And you read the back, and they've all got completely different bacterias in them. So this is going to be uh, something that's going to involve more um, research and study. Maybe if I can find a book on this and find out, you know, not just the names of these bacterias, but like what they do, what foods you find them in, how much you need of each one. Because the reason I want to go down this road is because if you've got the right kind of bacteria in your tummy, right, you sleep more, uh, sleep better. And if you sleep better, then you're then less hungry in the daytime. Because if you've not had enough sleep, you, but you can't really think straight, as you know, but you also get really, really hungry for really simple carbs, you know, and biscuits and really high sugar things. But if you're sleeping better, then you don't have those cravings, which means if you can fix your sleep, you're also likely to lose weight as well. Um, the other benefit with these having good bacteria is they seem to suggest that that allows the body to extract more nutrients from the food and also less of the less of a calorie content, as it were. So the food that you eat um, sort of results in less calories to the body, in a good way, I mean, as in you, you won't put on as much weight from eating the same amount of food. So it seems to suggest that once you get this bacteria really perfect, then you've got kind of this buffer there where you can go off the rails a bit and it won't make any difference. And I think that's kind of why... What tends to happen, I believe, is you put on so much weight and then your body does its best to sort of just keep there because that's what's where things are at now. And that's probably potentially because there's now some imbalance in the gut microbiome that's making it now more difficult to lose the weight because, you know, a diet for someone who's got better bacteria isn't going to work as well because your bacteria is compromised. So this is the goal going forward. And to me, this sounds a little bit more appealing than... I don't know, a gym, I can't stand the idea of going to the gym or the idea of depriving myself from all this stuff. So if instead I can say, oh, this is going to do this and this is going to do that, that sounds a bit more fun. So in the meantime, in the short term, I've put loads of these probiotics and I'm going to have loads of them and hopefully that'll help. Uh, and in the long term, transition over to foods that help promote good gut bacteria because I think that is the answer. 
Right, so one more thing before we wrap up this episode, uh, which is because I got through all of the tracks that I need to learn for this contract this summer, um, I then wanted to think, you know, I need to finish learning these songs. And I thought, well, how can I really, really finish learning them? So I tried to apply some exponential thinking, which is basically whereby you keep thinking, right, I'll do this, and then what, and then what, and then what, and then what. So I basically did that. I'll just find my notes on this. And so I used the, my little Pomodoro chart, and I thought, well, I, you know, I don't ever do it. So let's say I've got eight Pomodoros for the day, and I thought, well, if I give each song, you know, four sets of... 25 minutes each maybe that should be enough so like in the morning one two three four songs in the afternoon one two three four songs and then the next day one two three one two three four and then the next day after that move to five six seven eight and go on like that and I thought yeah that could work but then I thought well and then what and I and what I realized was yeah I could do all of that but then you could get to the end and still have loads of songs that you really can't play at all and because that's because not all songs are equal. Some are more difficult than others, and some will be more difficult to me than they will be to other people. So I thought, well, that's no good, is it? So I went through every song and gave them a mark out of three, and I've come up with this little system for myself. I thought, well, if I give it a one, that means I know a bit of the song, maybe a verse or a chorus or a couple of chords, just like something, anything. And if I give it a two, it means I know most of the song or like, you know, chunks of the song or little bits, maybe up to half the song, but not necessarily in the right order. And if I give it a three, it means I know all the song pretty much in the right order. And if I was playing along with the track, I could kind of get through most of it or miss bits out. And then num number four would be the final step to say that I can, yeah, finally do it confidently, maybe practice playing the guitar blindfolded so I'm not constantly staring down all the time. Uh, and then can begin to play it with some kind of degree of confidence and really owning the song and being sure of it. So I went through these songs, 33 songs, and gave them mark out three, and I was quite surprised to learn that actually only seven out of these 33 songs can I really give a mark of three. And probably about seven or eight of them are like on a zero, <laughs> or a zero or a 0 0.5 or maybe a one. So I've got a lot of work to do, but that has been useful because I put it into a little table, put the table into order of numbers, so now I know which ones I'm going to do first. So because eight pomodoros is only four hours, uh, which because that's 25 minute focus, five minute break, 25 minute focus, five minute break, and that brings you up to four, and then you know you'd have a longer break. So I say four hours, it's five hours for me because I do the two hours, which gets me four pomodoros, one hour. Uh, break for my lunch and then I do two hours to get me another four pomodoros. Now it's n not out of the realm of possibility to fit in another more form four. It's not out the realm of possibility to fit in another four pomodoros. And I didn't, you know, I didn't want to overpressure myself and I want to leave these kind of buffer spaces, you know, so if things take longer. So what I thought I'd do as the like, and then what kind of answer is say you get through the day, you've done songs one, two, three, four, then you've had lunch, then you've done them again, one, two, three, four. Then on what would be Pomodoro number nine after dinner is in that 25 minute chunk, you can play each song one, two, three, four from memory, only from memory, and give them a new mark out of three. So what we can say is, you know, if the song is at, you know, 2.5 or three, if it's already at three, then fine, don't worry about it. But if it's at one, then it definitely needs more work. If it's two, it needs more work. And then those songs are then going to be added on to 
to the rest of that day, I would say. So that day, if there was, say, one song that was only a one, maybe you could do a couple more sessions and say the others were a three, so you can ignore those. And the one was a one, we can give it another couple of sessions. And then we go through the next day and say the next day, we then check the songs again. And now they're all at a three, so we can forget about it. But what we can do is we've got these four extra chunks of study after dinner in the evening. So for songs that haven't made it up to three after four pomodoros we can put extra time into them so maybe we can say you know after we've had two pomodoros on a song it needs to be at a two if it's not at a two after two pomodoros then we do another one and then the next day if we've had four pomodoros and it's not at three we need to do another one and then I kept thinking oh I must do two sessions of the song in one day must do that must do that but you see we create memories long-term memories when we sleep Uh, I still only really like the idea of doing like four little chunks on each song but if what I do instead is say on day one because I've got other bits and bobs I need to do on the first four pomodoros we're getting other bits done on the next four pomodoros we do songs one to four we've only done one chunk and then do a revision on pomodoro chunk nine and say where they're at and add any extras now the reason I think this would be better is because then we're getting one set of study of the first four songs on day one Day two, we're getting two 25-minute chunks on these four songs. And day three, we're getting another one study chunk on these four songs. And then we start the next four songs. So what that means is that you're working on these four songs spread out over three days. So the more days it can be spread out over, the better. Because the more sleeps you get in there to create the memories. So this is the process I've come up with. I'm not saying it's perfect by any means, uh, but it's progress. And really every step we take is is progress to the next step. And everything's kind of a prototype. And I don't know if I may have mentioned this already in in a previous episode, but really when we get to what will be episode three of Playing With Songs Produced, which will be the song Stay, written by me and my friend Sophie, that will again be a prototype for playing with songs produced for episode four. And then episode four will be a prototype for episode five. Episode five will be a prototype for episode six. So nothing's set in stone. and Maybe it will be eventually. But I think I find personally when I begin to think like that, when I begin to think, oh, it's got to be perfect, it's got to be this, it's got to be that, then that's when it sort of falls apart. All the while I can think, how can I make this better? Why must I make this better? And then what? And then what? And then what happens next? All the while I can think like that, then it's it's very motivating, which is very important. Without the motivation, obviously I wouldn't be speaking to you right now or be doing any of this. So it's a very important factor. I, I think it's something I would also recommend to everyone is, is, you know, whatever it is you're doing, if you can, just keep asking, and then what? And then what? And then what? And then what? And Try not to think of things as fixed, because life isn't fixed. Uh, and unfortunately, it never will be. And But the more you learn, uh, the more you can learn, the more adaptable you can be, uh, and the more kind of sense of control you can get back, I suppose, and the, the less surprises there are, the more you uh, have an idea of just everything in life, I would say. So, you know, keep reading and keep learning. Right, so that brings us to the end of my new approach, which I wanted to share with you, which I am now applying to the songs I need to learn for the contract that I have coming up in the summer, depending on the COVID situation and depending on visas for working in a European country.
I have a feeling this episode may be a little bit longer. It might even go over the 25 minute mark. So I do apologize for that, as I did want to keep things nice and succinct. But this is partially because I was rather poorly with the um, candida or oral thrush, which isn't very pleasant. And so this episode has been recorded a little bit later. And that's why I've had more things to talk about. So it's been a little bit longer, but I hope that you've still found some useful things in here. And going forward, now that we have a clearer plan with what to do with playing with songs produced, episode three will be to start working on the drum track. So we're going to start working on the drum track for episode three of Playing With Songs Produced, which is the song called Stay. So until next week, uh, take very good care of yourself and I shall see you next time. And I have been... Rob Langley-Jones, and this has been episode number five of The Making of Playing With Songs.